0: let me tell you why you're here you're here because you know something what you know you can't explain what you feel it. you felt it your entire life that there's something wrong with the world you don't know what it is but it's there I'm gonna be the same. 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 It, it is this feeling that has brought you to me.
1: Welcome to Truth Seekers. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Seeker Podcast at Service of Change, where we challenge reality, a question at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, with Service of Change. On tonight's episode of the Seeker Podcast. Tom DeLonge, former musician with Blink-182, turned UFO investigator and researcher and author, promises a big announcement within 60 days. I'm also going to get into some of the news tonight, and I want to talk about the importance of being prepared for an emergency, uh, an experience I had over the past week, a lot to get to, going to be a short show, excuse me, Uh, but packed full of uh, thought-provoking content and information, been a challenging week in a good way for me. We uh, we saw the birth of uh, my daughter this week. It's been exhausting. We fought through a blizzard to get her here. But she's here, she's healthy, she's safe and sound. So it's been uh, just a tiring week for me. It's uh, 6.30 in the morning, Saturday, March 18th right now. I've been up since about 4.30 trying to squeeze the show out, show in and get it out, uh, you know, today as I do get it out there every Saturday. But I mentioned I wanted to talk about emergency preparedness real quick, and I just want to stress the importance of having a plan, but being flexible with that plan. We were scheduled for a C-section this past Tuesday, and then we find out a blizzard's hitting us Monday night. Hospital's an hour away from us, so we had to adjust our plans. The four-wheel drive in my vehicle went out. I had to get that fixed last minute, uh, so it was just uh, it was just a big mess, but... We always have some form of a plan in my family of how we're going to handle things. We adapted that plan. We made a new plan. Um, so it was a little bit crazy, but we did it. We got down to the hospital. Uh, you know, my wife did an amazing job. My daughter was delivered. Clementine Olive Nappy at six pounds twelve ounces. It's a great thing. Spent a little bit of time in the NICU. Had some trouble breathing, but she's doing great now. She's home, safe and sound. Like I said, but I had to. I had to come home. Uh, the day after she was born, my children were staying with my mother, who lives about three-quarters of, of a mile away from me. Because I had to make sure my house was good to get us in once we brought the baby home the next day because we got hit with this blizzard. We had over two feet of snow. Some reports are coming in. We had three feet of snow on the ground. So I get home. My mother's driveway is not plowed yet. It's, it, they're snowed in the house, her and my two kids and my two dogs. I drive up to my house. My road's not even plowed. Uh, So it was a mess. So I had to work. I had to contact somebody who was able to kind of plow my road. And then I had to literally walk my mother's snowblower. Once we got her driveway done, I had to walk her snowblower all the way up to my property, plow out my driveway and shovel out a way for us to get my wife and baby home the next day. So it's been a crazy week. I'm I'm, uh, speeding through that. But I just want to stress the importance of having a plan. I packed everything imaginable into my vehicle from chainsaws, uh, extra snow gear, warm clothes. I had uh, five gallons of water, a ton of food, blankets, um, sleds, everything I could think of just in case I got stuck in that vehicle either by myself, with my wife and the baby, with my wife and the kids, first aid supplies, everything was in there. And some of it I used, some of it I needed. So uh, you know, it's a much more detailed story, but just wanna jump in and just stress the importance of have a plan, be prepared, but also be flexible and prepared to adapt because what we planned didn't go that way. So I'm just thankful everybody's okay and uh, I have a beautiful baby daughter. So forgive, it, forgive me if I'm a little uh, out there today because I'm still half asleep at the moment, but I want to get this show done. So let's talk about the news before I jump into Tom DeLonge's big announcement. He's, promise, he's promising this huge announcement in the UFO and, and alien disclosure realm. Within 60 days And I'm excited to talk about it But let's see what's going on in the news Starting at unknowncountry.com The heading of this article is They did not appear to be of earthly origin Did a space shuttle astronaut View a film of recovered alien bodies This is from March 17th Former NASA spacecraft operator Clark C. McClellan has published A revelatory article On his Stargate Chronicles website Regarding the conversation he had With the late Lieutenant Colonel Ellison Onizuka, a mission specialist on the Space Shuttle Challenger's ill-fated STS-51L mission. The article recounts Orizuka's recollection of being shown a video of what might have been alien bodies, possibly recovered from a crash site like Roswell. Onizuka had reportedly approached McClellan while he was working at NASA, asking him about his thoughts on intelligent life in the universe and their possible presence here on Earth. McClellan was apparently known by other NASA personnel for his work with various UFO organizations, including MUFON, NICAP, and NICAP. Onizuka then told him of a startling occurrence that he experienced earlier in his career with the U.S. Air Force. While pre- performing specialized training duties at McClellan Air Force Base in either in 1969 or 1970, Onizuka says he and his group were directed to report to a viewing room. Foregoing the usual official introduction as what was about to be presented, the group was shown a film of what appeared to be small bodies lying on slabs in what appeared to be a medical examination room. According to McClellan's account of what Onizuka said, the small, strange looking creatures were humanoid in shape and appeared similar to those described by alleged witnesses of the well known Roswell site in the Southwest USA in nineteen forty seven. They all had large heads, large eyes, small torsos, arms, and legs, they did not appear to be of earthly origin. After the film ended, Onizuka's group was sent back to resume their duties as if nothing odd had happened and were not given an opportunity to discuss the contents of the film afterward. Onizuka remained unsure as to whether or not the creatures presented in the film were real or not as if they may have been a fabricated fabrication designed to psychologically evaluate personnel. Perhaps it was a planned U.S. Air Force psychological test for military reasons. Who knows? NASA may have evaluated it in my selection as an astronaut in 1978. You know, what would what would my recreation be if I actually saw an alien being? Excuse me, what would my reaction be if I actually saw an alien being? You can read this and a little bit more at unknowncountry.com. It's kind of an odd story. It makes you wonder, was it a psychological test? Uh, I like that they brought that up saying, we don't know if this was a real event, a real video, authentic or not, or was some form of psychological examination or MKUltra thing. We don't know. Uh, But it's interesting, you know, why would the U.S. Air Force do that? And then not mention anything about it. I know Bill Cooper talks about the footage that he saw, and he, you know, openly admit, I saw UFOs, I saw the documents, but he suspects that those documents were placed in front of him in hopes that he would disseminate that information as a part of a greater plan, you know, a disinformation campaign. We just don't know. Interesting article, though, out of... uh, unknown country they always got great stuff this next one comes to us from Business Insider some disappointing news about the new seven earth-sized planets that were found this one's titled astronomers take a closer look at seven new earth-sized planets and there's some bad news for aliens the trap let's see here in what is becoming a bit of a roller coaster of emotions it seems that at least a couple if not all of the seven planets in the TRAPPIST-1 solar system could have already been stripped of their atmosphere by the star's radiation making it unlikely that liquid water could flow on their surface at all. But hold on to your tears. Researchers studying TRAPPIST-1's spectral emissions have found evidence that the star might just be young enough to not have had time to blow away their atmospheres quite yet, meaning we can still dream of life on those far distant worlds a little longer. Astronomers from the University of Geneva Observatory in Switzerland have compared the two types of radiation being emitted from the ultra-core dwarf star trappist-1 and concluded the star doesn't seem to be quote extremely old that brings into question just how much atmosphere still clings to the surfaces of the star's beloved family of rocky planets for those of you who missed the fuss trappist-1 is a star about 39 light years away that was discovered to have at least three planets last year at the time that didn't seem to Excuse me. At the time, that didn't seem so remarkable. But then last month, NASA made a much hyped announcement that Trappist-1 actually hosted a seven-planet system. You can read more about this. The links will be in the show notes at Service to Change. It, it seems to go back and forth. The, the introduction of this says there's some bad news for aliens, meaning they don't, they don't expect to find life. But then you read it, it says, "Well, we're not sure." So I'd say that the uh, you know the jury's still out on this one. We still don't know if there's possible life on these planets that they recently discovered. It's a weird it's a weird heading on this one. I, I really don't like the way they headed that. Alright, another one for you Matrix fans. This comes to us from uh, Inverse Entertainment, inverse.com. Warner Brothers is reportedly working on a Matrix reboot. And then they say, sigh. Warner Brothers is reportedly working on a reboot of The Matrix. Yeah, woe is right. According to The Hollywood Reporter... The studio is in the early stages of developing a revamped, updated version of the landmark 1999 cyber action film. The Wachowski siblings, the creative minds who wrote and directed the original, are not involved, and it doesn't look as though Keanu Reeves or any of the original cast members will be returning. You can read this full article. The links will be at serviceofchange.com. If the Wachowskis aren't going to be in it, I'm curious how it's going to do. The Wachowskis have a very unique and well researched insight into a lot of the things that I think have sparked a big part of this uh, this movement. They tie in a lot of neat concepts. I really appreciated their approach in uh, opening up at least my mind to greater possibilities. Even though it was a work of fiction, they uh, really incorporated some really neat concepts that helped to expand me creatively in different ways and open me up to a lot of neat possibilities. So... Look for that. We'll see how it is. I'm sure I will definitely check it out. I don't know what I'll think of it, but we will keep our eyes on it. So Let's jump into Tom DeLonge. Who is he? Tom DeLonge is a former Blink-182 frontman turned UFO researcher. And I recently saw a heading come across my feed earlier in the week that he was promising a big announcement. Now, his name first came across to my attention during the WikiLeaks disclosures. Now let's, before we talk about his big announcements, let's jump into his WikiLeaks. Now this one is dated uh, January 25th, 2016. Tom DeLonge sent this to John Podesta's Gmail account, and the subject was General McCasland. Now if you listen to my WikiLeaks shows, go back and listen to them, I'll have the links in the show notes. I, t- I focus mainly on the correspondence between Edgar Mitchell and and John Podesta and these emails were uh, Edgar Mitchell, a former NASA astronaut was reaching out to Podesta and it seemed that he was talking with one of Podesta's administrative assistants trying to schedule a meeting and working toward disclosure he was claiming to be in contact with ETs and they were talking about zero point energy and they were against the weaponization of space as far as I could find Podesta never responded it sounded like They were trying to, the administrative assistant was responding. They were trying to set up a meeting. That meeting, from what I understand, never happened. Now, this is one email I have from DeLonge. I don't know that DeLonge and Podesta, or that there's more than this one email that I have. I need to go back and do a little bit more digging. I'm a little bit exhausted, so that's not going to happen this week. But the one that I came across before, it almost sounds like it's a, a reply, but I'm not sure. Let me just read it. Again, this is called General McCaslin. Quote, He's mentioned as a skeptic. He's not. I've been working with him for four months. I just got done giving him a four-hour presentation on the entire project a few weeks ago. Trust me, the advice has already been happening on how to do all this. He just has to say that out loud, but he is very, very aware, as he was in charge of all the stuff. When Roswell crashed, they shifted to the laboratory at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. General McCassin was in charge of the exact laboratory up to a couple of years ago. He not only knows what I'm trying to achieve, he helped assemble my advisory team. He's a very important man. Best, Tom DeLaunch. All right, so again, I'm going to say what I said in the last one. If Tom's working with these high-level sources, I just question why he's using a Gmail account to send it to Podesta. It, it I, I suspect that it almost sounds staged it, It's just And why would you title it General McCaslin I mean that's a big red flag as well Unless they really people and now. Tom's not a government guy So he doesn't have that training He doesn't have that understanding So I will give him that I just don't understand how this information If it's supposed to be secretive and confidential Why that level of detail would be put In a Gmail On a Gmail server Because it's easily hacked It's easily compromised unless somebody wanted it to get out. So I'm, I'm initially skeptical of that. That's not saying Tom Delange doesn't have good information or Tom Delange doesn't believe that he's got good information. I, I just wonder about what's really going on here. Okay, So that's the background. Tom Delange is claiming he's working with some intel officials, he's claiming he's working with this general, and they have some good information that's going to bring us towards disclosure to the fact that there's uh, extraterrestrial involvement on the planet Earth. So this next article, uh, it's from express.co.uk. Uh, it's called Proof of Aliens. X-Blink blink 182 frontman promises big UFO announcement within 60 days. Former Blink-182 frontman Tom DeLonge has claimed the big announcement in the world of alien and UFO disclosure is due in the next 60 days. This is by John Austin. The singer-turned-UFO investigator spoke after being named UFO Researcher of the Year by the International UFO Congress. It is accept- acceptance speech... He suggested there was about to be a big leap in the quest for truth over aliens. Let's see what he said here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip through to what Delange actually said. He said his mission has seen him hunted by shady officials with his phone being tapped due to his sources. In his acceptance speech, he said, There's a lot I can't say, but there's some that I can. But there will be an announcement in like 60 days. I'm so appreciative that I've, I've been acknowledged for this stuff, but I'm not done. I'm just like you guys. I spent 20 years up all night reading about Roswell, Dulce, Serpo, Churchill, and crashes here. Nazis building craft there, Antarctica, what's on Mars, what's on the back of the moon, anomalous structures. I mean, I've done it all. I know it all. I've read all the same authors as you guys, hundreds of books. I look at all the same sites. I listen to the coast-to-coast stuff that you guys do. I'm the same. But I kind of used some of my notoriety to try to do something pretty ambitious, and it worked. I came out and told you guys about a book I was writing called Secret Machines, and I said a bunch of stuff that I was working with some people. Well, I think a lot of people doubted it, and they thought I was crazy that this musician would have this kind of access. And then the WikiLeaks thing happened, and you guys saw that I'm into some serious S, meaning shit. And I'm making really good progress. He said his announcement may be missed by the mainstream media. However, the UFO community would see the significance, he said. After the WikiLeaks last year, DeLong said that in a message posted on Instagram, WikiLeaks really messed some important stuff up. What seemed like like ridiculous subject matter to most is of massive importance to admirable national security leadership. It's easy to poke fun about the topic from an armchair, but unless you're invited to the meetings I've been a part of, then no more laughing. WikiLeaks revealed the launch sent multiple emails to Mr. Podesta concerning proposed meetings and even military whistleblowers he was working with. So there we have it right there. Apparently there's multiple emails. I haven't reviewed them all, but that's the gist of it, that he claiming that he's working with whistleblowers. And he was trying to coordinate with Podesta on this disclosure thing. Now this ties into several shows that I've been doing. Let's look at this. Let's talk about this for a minute let's break down what the launch is saying maybe i'm taking some of it out of context but he's definitely trying to relate with everybody saying hey i'm just like all of you and and he might be i'm not being negatively critical i'm just going through this with a fine-tooth comb he's saying hey i'm just like everybody else i stay up all night i read the same stuff i have the same desire for truth he's trying to relate or he's trying to build rapport and win trust and build his own credibility again that's not necessarily a bad thing it doesn't necessarily mean that the man is lying But this is what goes through my head when I hear statements like that. Hey, you can trust me. It's okay. Uh, I I don't like that he says, I mean, I've done it all. I know it all. I've read all the same authors as you guys. I hope that he doesn't mean I know everything. I have all the answers. I've done everything. Because I don't think you can ever do it all or know it all. But maybe what he's saying here in the context is that Hey, I have done a lot of the same stuff you guys have done because you know we're—it's an eclectic group. People that research UFOs. There's certain things you read and look at and think about, and maybe that's how he means it. Maybe he doesn't mean I know it all. I hope he doesn't. I would never make a statement like that. No matter how much research I've done, I feel like I don't know anything, and I've been—I've been at this probably just as long, if not longer, than Tom DeLance. To eh, probably about the same amount of time. So, I—I I, I just. I just don't want to jump to any conclusions here. I'm not trying to discredit the guy. I I don't know enough about him, but these are the thoughts that come to my mind here. It's interesting. He mentions uh, he does mention Antarctica and the Nazi crafts. Now that's important. If you listen to my shows, you know last week talking about um, Wilcox stuff and the you know the intelligence stuff that's going on and a possible release of information about Antarctica, which I haven't seen yet. The launch also says uh, let's recap his big quote here. There's a lot I can't say, but there's some that I can, but there will be an announcement in like 60 days. What is this announcement going to be? Uh, I don't know. I went to uh, DeLonge's Facebook page. Let's pull this up here. Facebook.com slash official Tom DeLonge. And this is dated 18 hours ago. So on March 16th, DeLonge states... I do know the frustration. I feel it too. Quote, I just want the facts. End quote. We all say, please understand that I have been through a roller coaster of a ride. And there is a strategy here. To understand what the facts are, I must lay a foundation of religious and occult, quote, interaction with man. That soon led to man's discovery of the deceit. Thus the next non-fiction book, Man, then the third book, War, describing what are we to do. Ancient gods interested in resource extraction and empire building, creating religious experience uh, to keep us suppressed, confused, and divided. Really? Now? What a way to destroy ancient civilizations should they, quote, or parentheses, we, ever rise strong enough to compete? A dark thesis indeed. Please don't lose patience in the project. Big announcements coming. Hashtag to the star. There's an image there of his book, Gods, Man, and War. Now, let's talk about his book. I found it through his website, and I found it on Amazon. There's some fiction worked in here. I'm trying to figure out which one is the nonfiction book. Volume 1 of God's Man and War. This is called Secret Machines, God's... Secret Machines, Gods, Volume 1 of God's Man and War. So he said that the book titled... Let's go back and break this down. We all say please. I understand. Thus, the next nonfiction book, man. Then the third book, war. Okay. So he's claiming the second and third books are going to be nonfiction. I think the first book, book one, is also going to is also nonfiction. It's available now. It just released March seventh. It's uh, it's the number one new release in ancient and conversational. I can't speak tonight number one new release in ancient and controversial knowledge. This is written by Tom DeLange and Peter Lavenda. And check this out, Jacques Vallée did the foreword. That's pretty interesting. I'm really interested in, in checking out this book here. Let's read what Amazon, the Amazon description here. An exceptional examination that plays the role of an intellectual Indiana Jones Expertly guiding readers through crumbling, vine-laden Mayan temples, the stunning iconography of ancient Egypt, and the esoteric creation myths of antediluvian India, Africa, and China. Written by Open Minds 2017 UFO Researcher of the Year and critically acclaimed producer Tom Delange, with renowned researcher author Par- Peter Lavenda. Levine- Secret Machines Gods will take you on an eye-opening journey that transcends speculation and is based on unprecedented access to officials at the highest levels of government, military, and industrial agencies who have provided insights and assistance never before experienced by any researchers in this controversial field. Gods Gods takes us beyond speculation to certain knowledge of what exactly lies in the heart of the most important phenomenon ever to confront human understanding. The first volume in Gods, Man and War Gods, introduces the reader to some of the critical issues that are are foundational to an intelligent and enlightened grasp of the revelations that will follow in the next two volumes. There is another force in the universe of our reality, another context for comprehending what has been going on for millennia and especially in the last 70 years. Secret machines is the result of input from scientists, engineers, intelligence officers, and military officials, a group we call advisors, and transcends the speculation of journalists, historians, and others whose conclusions are, other, are often either misinformed or only tease around the edges of the secret machines. The reader will not discover wild theories or unfounded claims, but instead will confront a solid, if often unsettling, reality – one that demands the collaboration of all of us in every field of human endeavor if we are to understand it and manage its effects. If nothing else, readers will come to the conclusion that the phenomenon is not what we think it is. It is, in fact, much more serious and potentially much more threatening than they can imagine. Secret Machines Gods is Volume 1 in the companion investigation series to the best-selling fiction thriller, Secret Machines Chasing Shadows by Delange and New York Times bestselling author A.J. Harley. The whole is truly greater than the sum of its parts. Read together, the thriller series and the investigation series show what cannot be revealed with one approach alone. That confused me at first because I, I, I was trying to make sure I knew, is this nit- fiction, is this nonfiction? It sounds like this is a nonfiction release. I, I mean, it's caught my attention. I'm definitely intrigued. I hope it lives up to the hype. Uh, it's not what we think. I, I really, you know, I'm quoting here from it. He's saying, you know, there's more going on than we realize. I find it interesting that it's called secret machines, S E K R E T machines, because is this tied have I've, There's a lot of AI stuff that's been coming out. Uh, I wanted to cover some AI stuff tonight. I, I didn't get to pull it up, um, but there's some AI stuff that's coming out that I think is is fascinating. I'm looking at this AI and I always ask myself, is history repeating itself? Are we reinventing what's already been done that basically spawned our current existence of reality through AI and technology? We're seeing it with drones. I just came across a video. There's technology being developed right now where uh, machines are going to be grown. It's a fascinating concept. Instead of uh, fabricating pieces, one piece, one part at a time, they're growing Machines—it's like the birth of Skynet. It's really creepy stuff. Uh, I'll have more of that. I'll—I'll I'll look for it. I'll put it in the show notes so you can take a look at that. But back to this book. Back to the work that the launch is doing. Uh, again, this is a book I'm going to read. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to know more about it. I'll try to, you know, do a detailed review of it once I get through it. Um, but it, you know, he's claiming to be well-connected. He's claiming to have some some pretty decent sources in the intelligence community. What are they going to reveal? It, we have to ask ourselves. And again, I'm not uh, discrediting the launch. But as, as a, a consumer of information, when somebody makes big claims like this, like Wilcock did two weeks ago, when somebody makes a claim like this, it deserves our skepticism, our healthy skepticism. It, observes, it deserves our objectivity. And it deserves our scrutiny. Because this could potentially be something huge or it could be potentially a huge deception. So we need to look at it both ways. Evaluate the evidence that's coming out. Uh, I'd like to know more. I'd like to know what he's going to be talking about. But we're seeing people making claims that information is going to be coming out in the near future. Now it seems to me that Wilcock and his connections are on the opposite side of the fence of Delange and his connections. And I'm making that connection, that assumption, because of Delange's ties to Podesta, Wilcock. And the quote alliance that he represents was obviously against Clinton and Podesta and their whole agenda. Now, is DeLange's. Big revelation that's coming out in 60 days is that in regards to the Antarctica disclosure that Wilcock is claiming was coming. That's a potential connection right there that we need to be mindful of. Maybe that's who, maybe DeLange is the one that's going to be releasing this information. Maybe he is going to talk about Antarctica. I don't know. It says nothing about that in this description here of his book. But that's a possibility because we've got the connection between DeLange and Podesta. They've had several emails trying to work toward disclosure. Maybe this is the piece that they were going to release. Again, does that mean DeLange is a bad guy? No. Maybe he's just a pawn in this like everyone else. Maybe he's just being worked because he's got a big name. He has a big reach. So, hey, let's feed him some information. I don't know who's feeding him that information. Maybe they have their own agenda. This sounds crazy. It sounds dizzying. It really is. But these are things we need to be thinking about. No matter how fantastic this information that he puts out is, get excited about it, of course. Once that excitement's over, we need to take a serious step back and we need to evaluate that information. We need to evaluate where he's getting it from. We need to ask ourselves why is this being released? Who are these other people that are releasing it? How is this helping them? How is this benefiting them? We need to try to get to the truth. So let's keep tracking what DeLong is going to say, what DeLonge is going to say, and what Wilcox is continuing to say. This might be the big announcement. I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm starting to see pieces loosely fit together here, and it's really exciting to watch this stuff play out. Uh, I want to get back into uh, try next week. I'll try to follow up on the, the WikiLeaks from the Central Intelligence Agency that were put out. Uh, again, my initial observation, the mainstream, you know, to include CNN, their main focus was on um, who leaked it. You know that the criminal investigation behind it—they weren't—they didn't seem as concerned of the fact that you know all this stuff was going on. You know, it's interesting the way these articles are written and the way it's presented. The big problem is the fact that this was leaked, not the fact that this stuff was going on. So, and the other side of the fence is upset that this this stuff was going on, and they were praising whoever leaked it as a hero. So, you're getting multiple sides, multiple stories. Sounds confusing, I encourage you, go back, listen to my Podesta emails, WikiLeaks shows, I'll have them in the show notes, listen to my CIA WikiLeaks show that just came out, I think that was last week's show, Uh, and then listen to my show about um, Wilcock that came out two weeks ago, talking about, it's it's titled Antarctica, Um, you know, there's a potential disclosure on Antarctica. There's a lot of you know information in there. If you go to those specific show notes pages, if you go to the links, that'll be up in, at, at servicechange.com in the show notes for this episode. Each one of those shows has a wealth of links and resources that you can go back. And I think most of my link to the original sources, start doing your own research. Pick my shows apart. I have my own opinions. I have my own theories. Based on the facts that I'm presenting to you, I may be wrong. I may be missing something You need to do your own homework as well I'm giving you everything I've looked at So you can go and criticize me And criticize my information That's how we get to the truth I'm not offended if you correct me I want you to correct me I want you to say, hey, Dennis, I think you're going in the wrong direction here Let's look over here Because our goal is to find the truth And if we we get upset If we get offended because you have a difference of opinion Or you find contradictory facts That's counterproductive We need to work together We need to figure this out so be skeptical, and by skeptical I mean be open-minded, be critical, but don't just shut things down, don't be a troll, and let's keep, uh, let's keep digging into this. So I'll have all these links in my show notes. Like I said, I'm keeping this show kind of short, I'm exhausted, I hope I made sense in what I was saying. <laughs> I haven't slept much in the past week, but it's important to get this information out. I wanted to cover it, I'll try to cover this in more detail. I will certainly be keeping my eyes on Delange and what he's saying, what he's covering you know, in the upcoming two months. I'm curious to see what this is about. I'll also keep you posted once I get to his book. I'll have the links to his book in my show notes as well. I'm going to call it quits here because I'm exhausted. Uh, this has been another episode of The Seeker Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and for bearing with my tiredness this morning. Uh, I'm Dennis Nappy Second. This has been The Seeker Podcast where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world, I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning, and keep an open mind.